you really should listen to it. Dance. Um, although I take it, and I guess everybody laughed their heads off at it. They learned something too, but um, I guess it was funny too. The Marxist Jesus is the woke Antichrist. Zell89 said, I haven't laughed that hard in a while. Another great broadcast. God bless you. And your so, then I had people texting me, man, this was, oh, that was just, um, as you can tell, I like, I like mocking the Marxists and wicked garbage. And uh, anyway, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Almost 40 years unmarried. Yep, Grandpa's 80th birthday. Hard to believe. So, like, man, I hope I make it to 80. I hope I want to make it to 90. Oh, yeah. Monday's broadcast. Sorry. This is Wednesday. (laughs) You're right, Carl. Monday. Got which one I was on. All these days. Hey, when you're, when you're, when children take turns waking you up, when children's take turns waking you up, uh, every night for the last, like, I don't know, week. <laughs> yeah, I got to get back to that too. Maybe I'll save that for Friday. The Dutch Donald Trump. I got to finish that. I got to get that one going. So. I forgot about that one, Carl. I got to I got to go back and do that. I have the notes on that. I got to go back and or the articles on that. And go back and cover the Dutch Donald Trump and the other ones. That was the rise of the new right. Only that was the first part that I did. And this second part will be dealing with the actual people that are out there. We we did the history of that. So see what happens right all that but we'll save that for friday friday's broadcast (laughs) Teresa said devil just walked by me catholic priest okay anyway so i hope you're all doing well and uh Staying healthy. This will be, uh, we'll get into the scriptures also because we're going to look at some things in the Bible. Uh, and dealing with uh, this subject. I want to talk to you. We're going to show you some drag queen stuff. Incidentally, these drag queens are are in churches. It's a religion. This drag queen phenomenon, it's it's a religion. Don't ever forget that. It is a religion. What it is. And they their religion is Antichrist. But I maintain, and I believe the fault for all of this 
The fault for all of this or much of this can be laid at the feet of the churches. Because the churches no longer preached and taught and felt the necessity to teach the distinction of the sexes. And when you don't teach the scripture specifically, and you don't teach specifically what God's word says, then what you do is you leave room for Satan to redefine the Bible. Like we saw with the Marxist witch on Monday's broadcast. That Marxist witch redefined the scriptures in her own private interpretation. And the only reason why bums like that can do that is because churches do not educate their people through the scriptures. When people have a rock-solid understanding of the Bible, when they understand the nature and the holiness of God, When they understand that God has an order and he has set that order and no man is allowed to violate that order. When they allow that to happen and they don't train their people, apostasy comes very quickly. When people are ignorant, apostasy reigns. When people are fully equipped with the scriptures, they throw the bums out. They literally throw the bums out. That's what they do. When people are walking in the fear of the Lord and they're doing what they're told to do, from the scriptures, what God has instructed them to do, and they're obedient to it, none of this happens. But you have a nation that has wrought confusion. You have churches that have exported confusion. How? 
blurring the lines of distinction. That's why you have women preachers. That's why you have female preachers. You have feminist preachers. See if I can find something I want to show you. Go in my Wayback Machine here a little bit. See if I can find it. See. Not that one. It's a part of Big Fat Meaty Head Ministries. Let's see. That one. Not that one. That one. I found it. Okay. How do we get to this right here? Last December, according to Ministry Watch, Bethel members, Tennessee audit, 45, a first-time candidate, Jack Munn, 64, who first ran two years ago, will now join Bethel elder Julie Winter on a five-member council in Redding, California, home of Bethel Church. To make a long story short, what are these pervs doing? They're renting out a place for a drag queen story hour or drag queen events for these perverts to get up here and dance around like a productive or like a uh, seductive bunch of sex maniacs, sex clown perverts that want to run around and dance in their underwear or girls underwear. And they want to act like a bunch of sick, fruity perverts. And when I talk like that, I have people that say, I cannot believe that you're actually a pastor. I cannot believe that you actually speak that way. How could you say such things like that? How? How could you talk like that? That is a terrible way to talk. What is wrong with you? Why can't you talk more more biblically and kind and nice and with sweet gummy bears and with uh, honey and, and be very smooth and nice? What's wrong with you? you? I said it's because... I am the founder of Big Fat Meaty Head Ministries. That's why. See? Big Fat Meaty Head Ministries. And I can't talk like that. So how do we get there? How'd we get there? I'm going to show you. Now you have the Roman Catholics Women's College to allow transvestite men to apply and gain admission. Stop taking away my Christmas candies.
Stop it! I want my Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer! You big fat me head, you! I'm crying over my bale bush! Okay, so I'm gonna show you that in a second here. So this college turns full perv. Not that they weren't already pervert. They're Roman Catholics, so they can't help but be perverts. But they turn full perv. So I'm not here to show you dancing candy canes, dancing homos dressed like candy canes in their underwear running around. No, I'm not going to bore you with such nasty perverted things. I have to take a professional approach. So I stop being so mean. Okay. Let me try it. I'll try it. You might know me from such videos as the Bale Bush. Or Merry Christmas, you hypocrites. Or don't forget Tamu's worship. And old fat Santa is a big homo. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I stopped being professional again. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying. Trying to be professional here. But how professional can one be when they are dealing with sex clowns and perverts and grown men lighting trees and sticking them in their living room and singing songs to them? Good question. Good question. Ah. Okay. Continuing on. Now the Baptist Church to host a drag queen for concert night. No, I'm not kidding you. For real. It's Flamey Grant. Wait, is that real? About as real as your Christmas tree. Flamey Grant is as real as a Christian having a Christmas tree. That 
That's how real Flamey Grant is. Wait, you mean there's no such thing as pulling a tree out of the forest and worshiping God with it? No, but there's one for worshiping pagans with it. This is free. It's not part of my broadcast, but I'll give it to you anyway. In honor of Ross Duncan. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. And be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. Wait, you mean it's vain? Yeah. For one cutteth out a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with an axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. Remember that? Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Remember that? Oh. Wait, but that's not what... But then they tell you, that's not what I'm doing. Well, where'd you get that tree? Out of the forest? Well, what'd you do with it? They deck you. Did you deck it with silver and gold? Yep. Did you fasten it with nails and with hammers? You put it in place so it doesn't fall over? Yeah. Unfortunately, sir, I'm afraid I have to make you aware of the fact that you're doing the same thing heathens do. Okay. Never mind. Back to my regularly scheduled program. I'm done with that. I'll save that for later on. Not this broadcast, but another one. Because I have to have my annual Christmas bash. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call the broadcast Pastor Cooley's 2023 annual Christmas bash. Carl, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Perfect. That's what we'll call it. Okay. So you asked the question, how in the world do we get from the Bible here To here. A shame-slaying, hip-swaying, singing, songwriting drag queen. Carl, that title will go down in history. Pastor Cooley's annual Christmas bash. Perfect. It's perfect. And people are going to get on Sermon Audio and search that title and be like, whoa, what's he doing? But. But what happened? All these people are accepting trannies, accepting the Marxist queers, 
accepting the drag queens, accepting uh, the transgenders, the drag queens, all these things. Andrew, we could go back and get some clips from previous broadcasts. That would be good. Carl, you should find me some clips this week from all those Christmas ones and go back and we'll call it the annual Christmas bash. <laughs> That'd be great. Yes, I am getting so old that I have old clips. We'll even throw me trying to blow the shofar in there for Fabian. Okay. Here we go. God lays down in his word simplicity. He lays down simplicity for the family, for the church, for the home, uh, for the world which we live in, how a man is to be a husband, how a woman is to be a wife. Things have been, you couldn't get people like Beth Moore You couldn't get female preachers from the word of God. You couldn't get drag queens uh, story time. You couldn't get any of those things from God's word. The Bible preaches the distinction of the sexes. It not only preaches it, it not only teaches it, but the Bible celebrates the distinction of the sexes. I have a question for you. How come modern churches, and I mean IFB churches, which I am not an IFB church, we are an independent historical Baptist church. We believe what the scriptures say. We stand on our own. I don't follow the fundamentalist movement. Why don't the churches celebrate it? Why don't they? Because they don't. Why do we have so many Baptist cross-dressers, but they get mad at drag queens? Why do we have so many women that don't dress like ladies in churches today, but uh, they get mad when the, when, when the, when the trannies uh, don't? When they dress like the opposite sex.
Why don't we care that godly women butch off all their hair and get it as short as a man's when they can have it longer? I don't mean with cancer or something that takes place or anything like that. Usually it's laziness. Why? Why don't we celebrate? Why don't we celebrate the distinction of the sexes? God does. Why are we so afraid to celebrate the distinction of the sexes? Because, I'll tell you why. Most of the fundamental Baptist churches in America would have to crumble and rebuild because they have built their million-dollar edifices, they have built their million-dollar building programs, they have built everything upon a unisex society. They have catered to a unisex society. They accepted a unisex society long ago. They stuck. You know why women feel like they need to be a man? You want to know why? Because they were treated like men, and most of the time, they're. Their female sex is not celebrated. Who they are as a female and who God made them is not celebrated. And most of these churches are ignorant of it. I will tell you that most of them are ignorant of it. They're ignorant of what God says in his word. They're ignorant of the design of it. The country, America as a nation shifted back in World War II so far, and the churches just followed. The churches followed that shift. They followed that. Instead of fighting it, standing up against it, preaching against it, warning about it. Leaving, celebrating those distinctions and making, instead of destroying the distinctions, celebrating them. You don't get female preachers from the Bible. Let me show you something. 1 Timothy chapter 2. This is the order. What is the purpose that Timothy, the book of Timothy was written? The book of Timothy was written, it's called the pastoral epistles. Timothy and Titus right there. 
specifically there, are pastoral epistles. They are designed to instruct the churches and the men of God how they are to operate in the local New Testament church. That's what they're designed to do. Right? So God designed him. So in this, as he goes through 1 Timothy, he comes to chapter 2. And in verse 8, he says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Right here, he is telling you the difference in the sexes. How many pastors really preach that? Define that. I thank God that he led me 10 years ago or longer, maybe 15, uh, probably 10, 12 years ago, to preach against feminism, to preach on the order and the role in the home and then the church and everything else and to lay those things down before this all got crazy. That God led me to do it, to preach on it, and to be clear about it. And to order our church in such a way like it, that it would be ordered in that way. That men would know what God expected from them, and that women would know what God expected from them. So if you come to Old Paths Baptist Church, you'll understand that we preach the distinctions. We not only preach the Baptist distinctives, we preach the male and female distinctives. We preach them. We warn about them. We explain them and teach them. So I look at my daughters and say, you're beautiful the way God made you. You're exactly what God wants you to be in the natural sense. Obviously, they need to be born again and have the spirit of God. In like manner also that a women adorn themselves. That, by the way, let me tell you something. Because I've preached that, I've made more enemies than you can imagine. And let me tell you something. And I'll be crystal clear with you. All those jokers that made videos about me and said I was this crazy cult leader and I'm all this other stuff and, and, I, and, and all these other things and all these goofball things and made stuff up. When you come down to it, that's the one thing that made them all hate my guts because I made them be men. And if they weren't men, they left. That's what happened. 
but by God's grace and by grace alone, God is able to make you stand. And I'm standing before you preaching the same thing that I preached all those years ago, the same way. Where are they out? Flying around, doing whatever they do that devils do. And what am I doing by God's grace? Preaching the same exact thing that I've done all those years ago. And by God's grace, if he gives me enough lungs, if he gives me enough life, I'll do it till I'm 90. And throw me in a box and put me in the ground because my soul's in glory. In like manner also that a women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair, gold or pearls or costly array. But which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing. Why? That is her place, the home. That's why. Why is she blessed there? Why is she promised a blessing there? Why is she promised the, uh, that God's grace will keep her there? Because that's where she's supposed to be. And I'm here to tell you mothers out there, I'm here to tell you wives out there, that yes, you can do it by God's grace. Yes, you can mother your children. Yes, you can be the wife to your husband that you need to be. Yes, you can obey God by grace. You can do those things. And God has equipped you to do those things. And if you'll get your eyes off the world and off your husband's job and get it on your job, you will succeed. Because God promised it. That's why. It's for no other reason than God promised it. Amen. Man, I'm in a feisty mood. So. God shows the distinction. See, I'm going to yell for two hours, wear myself out, go yell tonight for an hour, and hopefully I sleep like a baby. I got to get a workout in there somewhere. I got to go get some exercise somehow. Getting a little bit right now, but not enough. I'm going to tell you. Say, so how do we get, like... To drag queen story hours and butch women and manly women and all that. Well, you destroyed the distinctions. Look, I'm no opera singer. I ain't getting no sore throat. I'm a preacher, man. I know, I know Lottie Da singer, all right?
Don't you confuse me with Pavarotti there. I'm Pavarotti. <laughs> I'll probably have a sore throat tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. Man, I have a lot of fun with Carl. People are like, Carl must be mad at you. Carl's not mad at me. <laughs> we were on that trip. We laughed so hard, our ribs hurt. We cried, we laughed, we prayed. <laughs> oh. And if we got a little mad, we probably needed to, but we got over it. <laughs> I want to show you something. I want to show you this post. And the post is irrelevant, by the way. This woman. This woman right here was blasting J.C. Ryle. Now, J.C. Ryle believes in infant baptism. I don't believe in infant baptism. That's not what she's talking about. She's a hyper-Calvinist. I, I, I'm not going to worry about this. I, I, I'm not getting into the doctrine of it. That's not the point. The point here, I'm going to show you, that here's a woman that is out acting like a man. Well, how is that? Out rebuking men? Calling them out, being aggressive, not having a meek and a quiet spirit. Not tending to her own house. But a busybody in other men's affairs. The last thing I want my wife doing, I don't care if she's 60, is arguing with men online. First of all, it'll embarrass me. Second of all, it'll embarrass her. Third of all, I'm a man. And if you yell at my wife, I honestly want to pound three different shades of poop out of your face. Just the way it is. I'm just being real with you. If I see somebody arguing with my wife, some dude, again, I'm just being real with you as a man, as a flesh and blood man, I want to pound three different shades of poop out of your face. That's the way it is. So I don't let my wife get into a position of arguing with men. Right? Nor does she want to, but I don't I, I don't want her to be in that place. So I'm gonna show you what was said here. I said this. I said this woman is a loudmouth. She needs to keep her place as a meek and quiet woman. She has no business rebuking men. She masks her feminism in theological positions. Do yourself a service, woman, and go do what God has commanded. 
And that is a keeper at home. Meek and quiet spirit, not a loudmouth, stubborn woman on the internet whose feet abide not in her home. You are a Beth Moore on the internet. Oh, here we go. Let's see. See if I can find where this guy goes off on. Maybe they erased it. Well, let me see. Let me go to the main one here. Ah, let's see. I can't find it. I wonder if it's gone. Maybe, maybe they erased it. Oh, here it is. Yep. Here it is. Jason Cooley. The scriptures do not forbid women from speaking the truth. No one is forbidden. Within the context of the local assembly, women are not to teach or usurp authority over the man. A keeper at home does not mean to stay home strictly. It's to be, it, it is home worker. It doesn't say home worker. It says keeper at home. Oh, this guy goes to the geek. That guy goes to the geek. You know what that is, right? The Greek, he goes to the geek. He goes to the geek. I'm going to go to the geek. Yeah, you do that. I'll stick with the English. You go to the geek. Oh, this is oh, this is this is great. Yeah, he so he says, um, "You are calling her a loudmouth is simply childish. It is the talk of someone so unsure of his own masculinity that he fears a woman speaking. Mature men do not speak abusively to women. When men communicate as you have, it is not surprising that women have no respect for them." Now. And here's what I said in my nice terms. Yo, Terrell, no, it isn't. You're an effeminate man that likes women lording over you. Of course, a keeper at home does not mean a wife stays at home all the time and never leaves. You are defending a woman boldly dealing with men, and it's wrong. She does not have a meek and a quiet spirit, and she is never to argue with men. I'm sorry that you grew up in a generation that accepted women working and taking over men's jobs and being in the workforce and leaving the home and not caring for children. You go right ahead and be an effeminate man, but just know that there are some men that won't limp their wrist. And then I showed him. You know, I was mean because I said she was loudmouth. I said, Joe Terrell, she is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide, a not, uh, abide not in her home, in her house. 
Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Gave him the entire scripture, and I said this. The nature of what a woman is supposed to be does not change when she is online versus in the church. Of course, they are not allowed to rule in the church of God or anywhere, but they are to guide the home and not be busybodies in other men's affairs. It's simple, but maybe you're afraid of women, so you won't speak boldly. He said, I'm 68 years old. I grew up in a home with a stay-home mother. I am not ruled by women or men. Really? I am. Proverbs 7-11 is about an adulterous woman, even a prostitute, so it doesn't apply here. He's so stupid. This, by the way, the reason I'm saying this is because this is a pastor for 40 years. And he don't get, you don't know that when you pick up the Bible and you read it, and you see that a woman has attributes like that, that she ought to repent of them? Are you seriously a man? Or are you a little boy? You, that's your understanding after 40 years of ministry? Really? Do you live with your mother or what? The passage in Peter is about wives and husbands, not women and men in general. You have no authority to tell her to be quiet, even if you were married to her. Husbandly love would prevent you from calling her task publicly like this as you have. Her error is public. Her sin is public. Her boldness and her brassiness is public. Actually, the apostle says that a moderate, gentle spirit is to be used in correcting people. That's why I have told Annette and others that always pointing out the errors of others in a ranting style is not helpful to the spread of the gospel. No one in the church or at the home other than Christ has that sort of tyrannical authority you propose. I've seen what sort of abuse such authoritarianism produces, and I have seen how quickly child men grasp onto it so they can lord it over God's heritage. And I have seen the great destruction that such tyranny brings in abused wives and children. I mean, honestly, I'm just going to be real. He sounds like he's gay. He literally sounds like he's a sodomite. He sounds like a woman that I preach to out that that are that are promoting the cutting off of males genitals. He sounds just like them. So you wonder, do you wonder how we got here? That dude has pastored for 40 years. I mean, it was midnight when I looked at this. It was midnight when I looked at this, right? And I was so fired up that I I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't even want to go to sleep. I'm like, this is a pastor? He said, you don't know me. You have no idea what kind of a man I am. I said, right. 
So it's abuse to follow the scriptures and expect women to operate according to the Bible. Titus 2 covers it as well as a host of other scriptures. You hate bold men that preach the truth and call out what is, and, and men that call out what is wrong. You are the problem. Men like you make me sick. It's not abuse for women to follow the scriptures and to be called out when they act like men. You are the problem. You are the reason we have this mess. An effeminate man with no backbone. Thanks for destroying generations and hating men that preach the book and defending feminism. I said to him, I know you by your response. You're a soft man that has led to the disaster of feminism. You're a product of feminism, and you call, you call it mean to call brassy, arrogant, loud, and stubborn women out. I'm sorry, but I look at you like a big sissy britches. I said to him, again, you're the reasons why we are in a mess and we have female preachers. I said, you have no stomach to stand. It's sad. I've seen it so much in your generation. Women running them, disobeying the Lord. Female politicians. You're just a feminist. You can repent and get right with God and be a real man. He said, so far you have not shown from the scriptures anything that supports what you have said. Oh, I absolutely did. I showed everything. I'm not ignorant of what the scriptures teach. I've been a pastor for 40 years. I've been at my present church for over 36 years. You will not find a rebellious spirit among the women or a tyrannical spirit among the men in the two churches I have pastored. Really? Really? Well, I've pastored people for 16 years. And I've seen rebellion. I've pastored rebellious men. And I've pastored tyrannical men. And I've pastored rebellious women. I said, right, Joe, I gave you Bible, but you don't care. It's too bad men sat under your effeminate preaching with no distinction of the sexes for 40 years. Sad to see it produce you. You are the problem. I said a tyrannical spirit or rebellious spirit? Yeah, in you, because you hate God's order of the sexes. You don't even recognize it. If you think it's okay for women to do what this woman does, then yes, you are 40 years ignorant. I told him, I'm so tired of cowards like you that won't preach the truth. It makes me sick. God warned about it, though, but you can't hear it. It doesn't matter to you. You don't care what the scriptures say about a woman. I said, anyway, let me help you and point you in the right direction. So I sent him the Menace of Feminism series. What generation do you think I'm from? Where in the scriptures do you find a prohibition of female politicians. I'm not kidding you. He wants women to rule over him. Do you see it? Pastor for 40 years. Where do you see the prohibition? Where do you see the prohibition for women being politicians? Where do you see it? Where do you see it? I'm like, I look at my wife and I'm like, are you serious? I mean, this guy's pastored a church for 40 years. 
And he believes it's okay for women to be in authority and to run the nation. Do you get it? And it's like, and you wonder why I scream and lose my voice? You wonder you wonder why I scream and I holler and I shout and I teach and I try to instruct and I try to direct and I try to sound the alarm and warn people. Like, would you see the prohibition for women politicians? Uh, okay. So I gave it to him. Isaiah 312. As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. And I said, I'm childish? No, you're effeminate. I said, Joe, how can a woman be a ruler when she's to be in subjection to her own husband? And you pastored for 40 years? Ephesians 5, Genesis 3, Titus 2. I said, I'm done talking to you. You're a false prophet. And a feminist to boot. I knew I had it pegged right. And a feminine man that wants women ruling over them. I'm done. When you resort to name-calling sissy britches, I must be honest. I am so dumbfounded that any grown man would get on a public forum like this and say things you are saying. Consider whether your manner of speech sounds like that of a mature and confident man. Or is it the speech of a child or at best an adolescent? See? So I'm the child and the adolescent because, you know, I'm like the raging maniac that's screaming out there and warning people. So I'm the child and adolescent, but the MacArthurite guy over there, the MacArthurite pastor over there at the Bible church down the road here, Mr. Bible Church in, in Iowa or wherever he's at, Joe Terrell, Mr. Mr. Iowa man uh, out there, uh, Mr. Iowa Bible church man. That's, that's, I think it's Iowa, Illinois. Uh, he's the expert and he's going to tell you, he's going to tell you what the Bible, where does it say that women can't be politicians? I'm voting for one. I'm going to do it. And if, if I could vote for my mommy, I would. And my wife to rule over me, I would. Take it there, preacher man. I'll vote for my mommy. I'll vote for your mommy. I can't stand it. They're just so limp-wristed. And you're right. There are, there, and, and it's true. There are warriors on the battlefield that are rough and rugged. And, and, and that's me. I'm just rough and rugged. Because I absolutely can't stand it. And he's done. He ain't going to say nothing else, man. 
This woman says, I'm a wife and a keeper at home, and I believe this, but I, I'm still going to go out and preach on the internet. I'm still going to argue with men on the internet. No, this woman right here is a raging Jezebel. I don't care if they mask it. Listen to me. It doesn't matter if they mask it in religious talk. I have met these women. They are. I have pastored women like this. I pastored a couple one time, and they were here for years. And the man talked about the order of the home all the time. He talked about um, the woman being a keeper at home. He talked about all these things, right? All that stuff. He, he talked about that. The woman talked about that, right? All those things. Then behind the scenes, I heard with my own ears, I hear this woman literally talking down to her husband, lording over her husband, arguing with him, And basically running him. When they left this church, they left it because when when they left this church, they left it because his wife had a laundry list of issues and things that she didn't like about me. She was a manipulator, taught her daughters to be a manipulator, manipulated her husband. But she had it all wrapped up in a religious overtone. Believe me, I've seen it. I've seen men that are tyrannical. I've seen it. Yep, I've seen that too. And when I held them accountable as a pastor, when I held them accountable as a pastor, they turned on me. Because I didn't let them be mean to their wife and children. And the interesting thing is, from my perspective as a pastor, I've seen both sides, but this topic has gotten me in trouble so many times with people. Gotten people angry and to hate me. Right? But I will tell you that I have seen both sides of this 
the masking of it, all just the whole thing. I, I've seen it. But you saw that pastor there. Now let's go back to the scriptures and what they say. What's God's word say? Well, he lays down this order here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, right? Now go to, what does he finish with? He's talking about the order of the sexes. He nails the, the, the men to stand up and be men. The women to love, to, to become women professing godliness with good works. How do they profess godliness with good works? How do they profess godliness, excuse me, with good works? Wait, you mean they don't profess godliness by preaching? No. Look what it says. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. It is the opposite. But which, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. That's how women reach their husband. That's how women reach society. That's how women promote the truth. That's how. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness and sobriety. Now follow the scriptures down. Look at the next chapter. He contrasts. He just got done talking about the women and their place in the home. And I suffer not a woman to, to teach, nor to usurp authority. Look what it says here. I'm going to show you again. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. And he gives the reason why. Now look, immediately after that, look. Immediately after that, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, this is put in there for that reason. The order of it. Covering the male and the female. In the church. Now look. This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior. He's talking about the man, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So he gives the order. Gives the order of the deacons to be the husbands of one wife. Now go to chapter 5. He's going to explain to you how people are to be taught, tre treated in the church. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren. 
the elder women as mothers, the younger as sisters with all purity. Wait, so I'm to look at, wait, so in the church, in the world, but especially in the church, as a Christian, I'm to look at men and women differently. Yeah. I treat the younger men as brethren. Right? Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. And the younger men as brethren. So what do I do then? I, I look at the young men, men, and man, how do you treat a brother or a father? Well, you might go out to dinner with them, talk with them, shoot guns with them, work with them. I don't do that with women. I'm not going to go spend time with the younger women. Right? God is celebrating and teaching the distinct roles. The elder is mother. The aim is purity, that you would treat each one with godly respect. Look at this. The younger as sisters with all purity. Treat the older as you would biblically treat your own mother, ensuring that the highest form of kindness and care be used. These are my notes. I'm going to give you my notes on this. The younger as sisters with all purity. How you would treat your sister as someone to protect and to care for. The Gentiles treated women like objects of sexual and sensual lust. We are not to look on them in that fashion. They are your sisters and to be treated with purity and kindness with the highest level of virtue. Paul is teaching young Timothy how women are to be treated. The proper way to look at a lady. The Gentile world or the lost world treated women as something of pleasure. And while for the married, there is an aspect of that. And the marriage bed is given for that pleasure of man and woman in holy matrimony. We are to frame our thoughts in purity towards women. In an age of porn, lust, sexual deviancy, and over sexualized society and in other ways in a society of inordinate affection is pushed but we are to treat ladies with dignity and respect our thoughts are to be governed by the lord and by the scriptures that we are told how to think about women you and i are to think biblically about the opposite sex Because our world and our fallen nature, the natural man is so corrupt that his thinking is wrong towards women. The Apostle Paul is teaching us to think with the mind of Christ. He's teaching us the way the Lord wants us to view ladies. Now then, if we are to surrender to this line of thinking, if we are tempted with lustful thoughts, 
They will soon be put down when we remember the way in which we are commanded to think on ladies and the way we are commanded to treat them. This also destroys the unisex culture because the unisex culture teaches us that men and women are to be treated equally or the same. I don't do that. Paul lays down the behavior in the body. He speaks in chapter 2 of how women are to behave themselves. Then he teaches the proper way women are to conduct themselves. Not usurpers, not teaching men or in mixed company. The bounds that God has set on women in the church in their proper place. And then he gives his reasoning why things should be that way. Adam and Eve, the order of creation and how nothing has changed. Then he gives the guidelines for the office of a bishop to men and states plainly, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he lays it down plainly. There is no confusion with Paul or Peter because Peter talks of the godly wife. But here he presses the man and how he's to view his sister in Christ. In all purity. He's to treat them as he would his mother. Even though they are young and may be vibrant and beautiful, his conduct towards them must be in that of his own blood sister. He is commanded to look on her and to think on her as a blood sister. Now then, if young men seek marriage... Of course, as that time rolls on, they will look at the them as a spouse when it is lawful to do so. There's no contradiction in that. Marriage is lawful and a gift from God. But the married man is commanded to treat the woman after this manner. And the reason for that in the church is because you will be close to these women. Because men naturally think on women of the opposite sex in a manner of an ordinancy very quickly. And you are told to be on your guard and make good decisions and to frame your thoughts to be thoughts of purity. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We have seen the rise of sexual perversion in the churches. We've seen the rise of misconduct and fornication in churches. And much of it has to do with disorder. The total sum of Paul's preaching on women and the Bible's preaching on women is not, well, the only thing she can't do is preach. She can do everything else. She's about the same everywhere else. Everything's about the same with a woman. Just she can't do no preaching like that, but they're about the same. No, they're totally different. And you're not to raise your daughters like you do your son. Because if you teach your daughters to be men, they'll act like men. If you train your daughters to be God-fearing and holy ladies, they'll be God-fearing and holy ladies. By the grace of God, that is. 
But if you train them to be like men, they're going to act like men and they're going to seek the things men do. They're going to seek relationships like men seek relationships. They're going to seek college like men seek college. They're going to seek a trade school. They're going to seek a career. Why? You trained them to do it. It's your fault. You trained them for it. You trained them to be men, female men. If you train them to be female men, they'll be female men. Men putting themselves in positions that God never wanted them to be in and falling into sin in the process. Men with too much contact with women alone and too much interaction, be it the church house or the so-called Bible college, Wrong designs produce wrong fruit. Wrong designs, not God's way, and it leads to sin very quickly. You know why some men have, have fell? And all of us can fall? We put ourselves in wrong positions. We don't pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. Then the phony role of youth pastors not found in the scriptures. Chief entertainers of teenagers. Too much levity with the opposite sex. I pretty much joke around with men and, and jest with them. I, I keep it very... Very, very, very light if I ever do with women as far as that comes with the joking. I really don't joke with women a whole lot. I don't. They might laugh at my jokes that I I say to men and things like that, but I, I rarely do that very often. Unless it's laughing at Becca's big phone or her big... Or big water jug. But that's not a personal thing. That's just a goofy thing. But I, I, I don't comment on women themselves very often at all. Just don't do it. I just don't. Unless it's my daughter's. <laughs> That's about it. That's right. Or the big truck. But anyway. Children, the designs are wrong. You want to know why men fall with those? The design. Now, if your heart, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's right. Pilgrim lady, that's public. When I'm, when I'm discussing things with, if, if somebody sends me a message or asks me a question, I keep things very um, straightforward. Right? But those things are, like, right, those things are public. But in private, I mean, my wife reads every message I get from a woman anyway. 
I had one lady get mad at me because my wife uh, was on my Facebook and and um, she saw the messages that women sent me. Later, that woman tried to cause trouble. Not with me, specifically, really. But she turned out to be a shady woman. Yep. Why she didn't like that accountability. Right? She didn't want that accountability. But the reason many of these men fall, again, it's our own hearts that are corrupt. And can be. Can fall. Okay? But also, Joseph ran when the situation was wrong. You should too. I should too. Children in churches separated from their parents, not all learning the same thing and not all teaching the same things. Men being entrusted with children who are mere children themselves. Not proven men are those that hold the office of a bishop. All these things and faulty designs have proven to be damaging and detrimental to the cause of Christ. They have done much damage and left the line open for abuse and cover-up. That's what's happened. They leave the lines open for abuse and cover-up. No discipline in the church is being handled in the church where open sin takes place and so many other things alike. Why? It goes back to not respecting and celebrating the distinctions that God has set forth. Like, you think it's wise to take a 25, 30-year-old man Put him in charge as a youth pastor to a bunch of 17, 18-year-old girls? That is stupid. It's dumb. By the way, it's dumb putting a man in charge of a bunch of girls anyway, period.
It's stupid. And it's not biblical. That's why I hate the youth department and its designs that, that the churches have. It's a horrible design that has led to much sin. And the other weird design of like children and women going to talk to pastors by themselves. Why? My goal is for parents to parent their children. So if your child needs their pastor to talk to them and you are to talk to them, I do it in front of you. Because my goal is to bring the family unit stronger together. Not destroy the family unit or hurt it or put a wedge in it. So then he goes on to say, and he, again, he shows the distinction of men. But if any provide not for his own, especially they, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Men must do what God intended them to do. Here again, we see the distinction of the sexes all over. We see clear biblical teaching of the roles. Paul is dealing with behavior in the body of Christ in the Lord's church. He is showing that God is in order. He has rules. He has showed that God is in order the family and the church. Men are not allowed to do whatever they want to do, and neither are women. You are not allowed to redefine the roles. Paul is simply teaching against the unisex culture. He is teaching the distinction of the sexes. The distinction that was there since the beginning of time. God has never changed the order. God has never changed the rules. God has never changed the family. Men were required to provide and care for women. But this unisex society has destroyed that. When a pastor of 40 years looks at me and says, or types to me and says, what um what scripture prohibits women from being politicians same one that prohibits them from going and being career women instead of caring for their husband and children 
same ones that do. I will tell you that the unisex society was accepted in the church. And since it has, it has devolved into what it is today. And if you leave God's ordained way, anything goes is you have no absolute standard. And when you have no absolute standard, relativity comes into play. Situational ethics come into play. Every man does that which is right in his own eyes. That's what happens. That is what has happened. That's where we're at today. Christians have destroyed God's design. Pastors have destroyed and blurred the lines of propriety. When men and women that are not married are not to be super comfortable around each other. I mean, there should be this, like, awkwardness that is there. A Christian man, he should, like, yeah, huh. Right? The Bible destroys... Now, by the way, listen to this. Um, Here it is. Second Corinthians chapter three. You want to know one of the great disservices that's been done to the world has been done by the churches. Paul said, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. What is he saying here? He said, you are read of men. 
Oh, Jody Hammond, I know that. I have women in my church that have to work. They don't have a husband to take care of them. They're not widows indeed. And they have to work until they don't have a father to take care of them. And they have to work until God sends them a husband. That's the way it goes. Because sin came into the world, that messes the order up. God knows that. And by the way, some of those women are, are the most faithful women that you would ever see. There are women out there and in our church that they, they don't have husbands to take care of them and they have to survive. They have to do what they have to do. And you know what they do? They literally are faithful to the giving of God's work and to me, and they don't get mad. They they don't get mad at me and hate me because of my preaching. Right? But they don't get mad at me. They don't hate me. They don't say, stop preaching that. You're lying. They've just. They wish they had that. They wish they had that, that very thing. So believe me, I understand that. And by the way, you can see that in the story of Ruth. Ruth and Boaz. There was no one to take care of them, so she had to go work the field until she got a husband. And then when the kinsman redeemer came, she didn't have to work the field anymore. She became a mother, a wife first, then a mother. Right? So I I get it. I get it. Let me get back to First Timothy. Okay. See, now the world has no visible guide. They have the scriptures, but no other living epistles for men to follow, like Paul said, because the churches don't follow it. The churches rarely put any distinction between men and women. The Bible destroys the equality of the sexes. Listen to me. The Bible destroys the equality of the sexes and teaches the celebration of the distinction of the sexes. I'm going to say that to you again. The Bible destroys the equality of the sexes and teaches the celebration of the distinction of the sexes.
The man as the leader and the woman as the man's one flesh, the guide of his home. His wife, the mother of his children, the manager of his home, and the love of his life. The more these things are taught, celebrated, and illustrated in the home, the stronger the children will be, the more stable they will be. Think about that. Stable children. They because children become stable when they see what a man is supposed to be, what a husband is supposed to be, what a father is supposed to be, what a wife is supposed to be, and what a mother is supposed to be. When they see that, male or female, your uh, your young men and your young women, when they are raised in that stability. They have what they need. Naturally speaking. Spiritually speaking, they need to be saved. But naturally speaking, they have what they need to make it. The confusion of the unisex culture has destroyed children's lives. It has rendered them dazed and confused. They are dazed and confused. Children are confused. Is it any wonder they're confused about their sex? Is it any wonder that these children are? They go to Marxist schools, which indoctrinate them with that, but also they don't have stable mothers and stable fathers. So they don't have a stable mother that they can follow. They don't have a stable father that they can follow. They, they haven't been given those tools to succeed. We have to get back to the scriptures, teaching young men to be men, teaching young women to be women, and teaching them to love the way God made them and celebrate their distinctions and being thankful to the Lord how they are made in each in each of their roles to bless one another, and all of society is dependent upon the furtherance of these roles. We are in decline as a people, and I mean in the churches themselves, as we've lost the distinctions that God has made, and when we live in willful disobedience to God's order, we suffer the full consequences. Divorce rates, adultery, fornication, pornography, children not being stable, Marxist schools raising our children, homosexuality, transgender confusion, Baphomet pagan worship. These things ought not to be. They wrought confusion in children. These sins occurred in the world before, but they weren't in the churches as predominantly as they are. The drift away from one authority of the King James Bible and God, and now we have traded it in for man's opinion, which will never, never stay firm. It will always change. When the proper roles are discussed, people call you an abuser. You're a mean person. In all truth, they are the one abusing God's order. And teaching things contrary to wholesome and sound doctrine. 
We live in dangerous times of confusion by women that do not dress like women and men that do not dress like men. Dangerous times. Men who no longer are required to provide for a woman, who are no longer required to fit the pattern of the scriptures to guide the home and care for their, their husband and children. Women have lost their way because men have not led. Instead of being celebrated, distinctions have been destroyed. What should be rejoiced over, the differences in men and women, are no longer celebrated, but are disdained for most men no longer glory in being the provider, protector of women and children, but now they glory in being unisex, there being no difference of function and duty. woman has either lost her identity or she has given it away. She has sold it for Satan's offer to be a man. And marriages, homes, children, and churches have suffered because of it. This is what we have. This is what this is what it's become. Why? Because scripture has been ignored. Men, men and women, same hair. Chop their hair off, butch it as short as they can. Women not dressing modestly like ladies. Men wearing skinny jeans and running around looking like Fruit Loops. God made men and women different. Their clothing is, uh, is different. The design of their clothing is different. It should show the difference. They say, oh, it's hard. It's my preference. I I want short hair. I want this. I want that. Who cares what you want? Doesn't it matter what God wants? Doesn't it matter anymore what God said in his word? Here's the thing. Okay? If you, as a Christian lady, Christian man, will do your part in returning to God's order, the proper roles, proper dress attire, modest, shamefaced with sobriety. Raising our young men to be men, to be leaders, to be providers. Raising our young ladies to be Keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Not career-minded, but Christ-minded. To be a helpmeet for their husband. 
to be that one flesh with their husband. How God intended the family to be. And rising up and raising a generation that celebrates these distinctives. That worships the Lord in spirit and in truth. Instead of disdaining them and hating the differences and, 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 and being angry at the differences and trying to compete with your husband for supremacy or trying to do his job or husband not being the provider and protector and man that he needs to be to take care of his wife and his children. So they can raise the, so she can raise the children for the glory and honor of God. We will never take this country for Christ without it. You wonder how you got female pastors? You wonder how you got scandals? You had to leave this order for that to happen. Churches had to take on the world's order. Had to follow the world for this to happen. Guess what? You wouldn't have women singing boopsie whoopsie to Jack Hiles. If they weren't training girls to go off and get careers and to marry and to go to Bible college to find a husband. To leave their father's house, to be away from their godly father and go off to some school somewhere and work like a slave driver for Jack Hiles eating ramen noodles so you could survive. Right? None of that stuff would have happened. Sure, there's going to be sin in everything because there are, there are sinners everywhere. But not like that. Not like that design. What happened? They left what was right. They left God's design. Because young ladies are meant to be primarily under their father until they're married. And then they have a husband that cares for them and loves them. And then no other men tell them what to do. You, you know what I do in the church house there at Old Pass Baptist Church? Married women, I don't just walk up to them or you know, daughters of, I don't just walk up to them and say, hey, can you do this or can you do that? I've already talked to their husband and said, hey, brother, is it okay if your wife does this? Is it okay if she does that? Is, is that all right, brother? Why? Because it's his wife. It's his daughters. 
I ain't gonna disrespect him. I'm not gonna do that. So I ask him, could your wife do this? Would it be okay, brother, if your wife did this? That's God's design. That's God's way. And we've talked about those things before. I'm done. I better get out of here. I'm going to I'm going to get to a song here and then gonna, you could give a chance to say hi or make some comments here and then we're going to get out of here. Let's see here.
Amen. Home at last. Good song. And uh, that was by that's Ron Hal- Hamilton's new um, album. It's in heaven now, but uh, that's his. Uh, it's a two volume album. It's a really good one. So yeah. get a chance to pick that up. You can go over to Majesty Music and pick that up. It's really good. It has his greatest hits, and they're all mastered. You know, just sound. They just sound phenomenal. All of them do. So that's what I'm using there. Okay, everybody. Well, God bless you, and uh, pray for our ministry. Pray for our needs. Uh, got a ton, a lot of bills due right now. This is the first of the month and all the bills are due thousands of dollars worth are due right now. So, uh, pray, pray for us and pray the Lord would provide that for us and that, um, the Lord would be honored and glorified by that. Uh, and, uh, all that good stuff. If you want to give to our ministry, you know how to do that. Well, hopefully some of you do. If you don't go to oldpathsbaptistchurch.org, oldpathsbaptistchurch.org. And uh, right here, you can click on the Donate button, or you can scroll down, and you can see that we have PayPal, Venmo, or Apple Pay. Go there, or you can go to our Sermon Audio page. And right there, uh, you can mail us something to uh, 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Okay? Appreciate that, and um, appreciate your prayers. And uh, all right. I don't know what that is. This way of asking husbands for their wife to help in the church would make it better in a lot of ways. It sure would. It does make things better in a lot of ways because it's biblical, right? And you just talk to the husband first, and you know. And if there's ever a problem, you talk to the husband. You don't talk to them, and they can talk to their own wife, and they know better how to talk to their wife, and they know better how to. Those two know better how to communicate with each other, and. Get it all worked out um, and all that good stuff. However, I most of the time it's it's more mature women in the church uh, that I deal with, um, and I don't really have to worry about that too much. I remember one time I was, a, I was uh, preaching. This is way back after I first got saved, and I was pretty fiery as well uh, back then. But I remember I was teaching preaching a junior church back in Iowa in the church I got saved. This was, oh, 20 years ago, about 20 years ago. And uh, there was this woman uh, that was, her Her husband was upstairs listening to the preaching. She was downstairs helping me with the junior church. And back then I didn't understand the things that I do now about any of that, right? Uh, well, and anyway, so I'm preaching. And the kids get out of line and start getting crazy. And I lifted up my voice and I called him out for it. And she looked at me and she was like, in front of everybody, she was like, temper. And she was like, and I looked at her and I was newly saved, but I, I did not like loudmouth women then. This is, I mean, I'm worse now, but, but I did not like, I looked at that woman and I said, look, if you can't conduct yourself biblically, then you can dismiss yourself and go upstairs and sit next to your husband. Oh! <laughs> she did that. <laughs> and then her husband got mad at me and wanted to fight me because I said that. And he literally, he wanted to fight me. 
And I'm like, I don't understand why. You should have put your wife in her place. That's what I would have done. I wouldn't have had my wife there with you in the first place. I remember I was on one bus route with my wife and some guy raised his voice at my, and by the way, I never raised my voice at that woman though. I didn't. But uh, I remember one bus driver, he raised his voice at my wife and I got mad at him, man. I'll tell you what. We were off that route like, I don't know, like the next week or something. We were just, we weren't on that route permanently. We were only on that route for like a week to help out. But I got off that route because I'm like, man. I, I mean, that guy made me mad. Anyway, but um, he did. He ticked me off. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good with that kind of stuff. That's. And by the way, with a pastor, they always try to attack your wife. If they want to have a problem with you, they want to have it with your wife. Oh, yeah. Or your children, by the way. Pastors, a pastor's wife or children, they're like the main target. Why? Well, because they know they mess with the bull, they get the horn. So they try to go around the bull. Because they don't want the horn. How that works. Anyway, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. That's enough free time here. I got to let you go. I, I'm going over my four o'clock number. I got I got other stuff. I got to go. You'd be shocked at the things I can tell you that my wife's been through with people since I've pastored. <laughs> You'd be shocked. And by the way, I don't do that to their wives. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and I'm not talking about anything present in our church now because that's not a problem. But um, that was years ago. Anyway. All right, everybody. God bless you all. I appreciate your prayers. I need them. That's right. Nine minutes not nine minutes over, and I, I'm not charging overtime, so I got to go. Anyway, thank you, everybody. God bless you. I love you. Uh, we'll see you, Lord willing, on Friday.